Welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. This is episode 53, and you're listening to, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. I'm excited about our guest in this episode. Alexandra Guillosu is one of the contestants in the 2019 International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego. Her film, The Deepest Cut, was selected as this year's Community Stories. Now, her story is not the happiest one. It's actually not very happy at all. Her brother has multiple sclerosis, and she shares his story from both his point of view and her family's point of view. My heart goes out to her and her family and every other person around the world and their families who are suffering through a debilitating disease. I created the Community Stories program around the same time I launched the film festival 10 years ago. It was the first category that the film festival had, and we later created a program around it. It's not just one of the categories anymore. Sharing a story from within a community or a culture is the main theme and requirement for this program. If you're a part of a community or a culture and you would like to share your story, we support you. We just ask that you use a smartphone camera. And we know that there are people out there who have stories of their own communities or culture that we feel the best way to share those stories is through you. Don't wait for someone else to share your story. We believe that once you practice mobile filmmaking and smartphone video, that you're capable of sharing your own story and telling that story. And you don't need to rely on others to tell it for you. There may be reasons, uh, like a person, you, waiting for the media to share your story. Or perhaps you're told that you need to pay a producer, or that's your belief, in order to make a film about your story. My own experience as a producer and working for organizations alarmed me to create this program so anyone with a smartphone can share their own stories. After all, no one gets your story and your message better than you. Now there's one more thing to note, and these are for the harshest stories, that the process of production gives victims and people affected by an event some personal relief. By the way, tickets are on sale for April 27th and 28th in San Diego for the International Mobile Film Festival. Go to sbp.cc, type that in as a URL on your web browser, and click on Tickets to get yours. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Sorts and Circuitry Studios and Uncharted Regions. Then there's also Red Giant, Film Convert, Black Box Global, Hall H Show Podcast, Star Wars Steampunk Universe, Grip and Shoot, and the Indiana Filmmakers Network. Are you ready? Let's go and talk to Alexandra.
Hey, everybody. Welcome to the SBP podcast. We are here with one of our newest friends, um, Alexandra Giasu. This, did I say that right this time? You sure did. How awesome. Way to start <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, we've been, we've been uh, getting to know each other here for a bit. And um, the reason is that, that uh, we have this wonderful guest with us tonight. And, and, I'm, and I want to really share her with you is because uh, she submitted a film to our film festival. It's called The Deepest Cut. And it's actually uh, one of my, if, if you've been listening to the podcast, um, you'll know that this, this one program that we have, this one special category in our film festival, is very dear to my heart. It's called Community Stories. And the program, as you found out, Alexandra, is about uh, people sharing their own stories from within. So. Right. If if you are uh, and now a community can be a culture, it could be a cult, <laughs> it could be your family, it could be you, it could be someone very close to you. But if you're a part of that community, um, then you can share the story of that community instead of waiting for someone else to share it for you. And also because, well... We all have a phone with a camera, so, you know, right. it's it's a perfect... And I like to push that. I like to push that because I think that the best person to share your story is you. Um, there are professionals out there that know how to really structure a story. And, you know, it would take time for them to know how you... What you really want to get and what exactly you want to share and what emotions you want to evoke in your story. But I think that we're at a point right now where you can learn how to do that with your smartphone. You can go out there and figure out how to make films and then turn around and do what Alexandra did. And so I'd like to uh, begin by uh, asking you, Alexandra, to share with our listeners, who are you? Ah, I am a freelance exhibit designer. Um I've been doing exhibit design for 22 years, uh, and, and a lot of people don't understand what that is. I'm that I'm that type of person that designs the interactives and interpretives and graphic panels that you see when you go to zoos and aquariums and science centers. And uh, over the years, as I was working on exhibits, I found myself needing to express these ideas in a a more emotional manner. Um, it seemed to me that text and images just weren't quite enough to to really connect to people. So I started to edit videos. A lot of them were more promotional things that I was sharing with clients, um, just to kind of you know tug at their heart when so they could really I could show them that I really understood what it was that they wanted in in their exhibit in their museum and. It, oh, I'm sorry. That was me, and I should turn that off. I'm going to hit quit right there. And um, what happened? Oh, I dinged on my side. I guess you didn't hear that. I just I, I didn't. I, oh, good. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> did everybody. Did any of any <laughs> any of you guys hear that? <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I just I started moving on towards video because I just felt that 
it was a better way of getting that um, that storytelling, that that emotional connection to to viewers. And now I sort of do half and half. I I still absolutely design exhibits, but whenever I can, I try to introduce that storytelling through video um, into that. And and now I'm actually starting to do some stuff on my own, like the deepest cut piece. Um, and I, I'm planning on doing even more if, you know, it's this really something I, I really feel passionate about. And especially with things like documentaries, I mean, I always, I'm always interested in, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm one of those people that when you're in the shower or, you know, I'm working out in the morning, all these stories just come into my head. And, and before I know it, you know, 30 minutes has passed and I'm really working on the plot. I'm really working on what this thing's going to be. And now I've, you know, I'm getting the angles, I'm, I'm getting the music and I'm really going over what everyone's saying, but, and, and that's really fun. But I, I actually kind of realized that at least right now, when I try that, for real and film that I'm not quite as good at that as I am when I'm talking to someone and doing a, tr you know, sort of a true story. Um, that's why there's something about documentaries that I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm really drawn to. And, um, and, and when I meet these people, there are so many times I meet people and they, they just tell me something about themselves and I, I just stop suddenly and, and say, God, I, I really, I think we can make a movie out of this. I, I mean, I, I really think I can make a short because this is just, this is such an amazing story. And, and so immediately as they're, you know, they're, they're, they're telling me whatever the story is, I, I'm starting to do that same thing where I, and I feel kind of bad because I'm, I'm absolutely listening to what they're saying, but in my head, I'm also like going, wow, I can actually see how I'm putting this together. And, and yeah, and then, and now I'm going to go here and then we're going to do, and, and it's just, it's this really strange process that's happening. So I was, I was so excited, um, that I was, that I was actually able to do the first piece because to tell you the truth, when I, when I put together the deepest cut, I was, it was a surprise vacation, um, well, with my parents. Hold on, let's do this. Oh, How okay. about that you actually share with our with everyone the a, a little bit about the synopsis basically about the you know the the story sure the story is about is really fo focused on my brother um my brother has um secondary progressive multiple sclerosis and um coincidentally but in a sense maybe not so coincidentally in my mind uh, my mother also has secondary progressive MS and, um, was this before or after? Yes. Uh, my mom, my mom got MS in her thirties. Um, but which was, what's really interesting is my brother got MS. We thought when he was in college, but it turns out he really probably got it when he was around 12 years old Ooh. and, and we, no one, we just didn't know it. Um, it was, you know, it started out as a, as a really subtle thing. And then, you know, a lot of times with men, it, it tends to, to progress uh, more rapidly than in women. What so, actually is that? So that, because not everybody knows what that is. Um, what happens with MS is uh, it, there's, it's like a deterioration of the myelin sheath in your nerves um, and what happens is then the messages to send, you know, that your brain's trying to send through your body no longer gets to your body in the right way. So with every, 
with every person, different things happen because you just don't know where these lesions that they, they call them lesions. You just don't know where these things are going to occur. And so you, one person might suddenly have slurred speech. Um, another person might drag their feet. Uh, there are people with MS that can just be really tired all the time. They just never have the energy. And then a lot of times, you know, when you're in the first stage of it, um, you'll have some sort of symptom, you'll have some sort of flare up and it, it totally knocks you off your feet. And, and people don't know why, because you look completely normal. Like there's nothing wrong with you. You're just, why are you tired? Why are you, you know, what's going on? And, and it might take you several months. It could take you a few years sometimes to recover from what that is. And then it goes into remission. Um, when you get to things like secondary progressive, MS, you start to show symptoms in a way that, uh, that just don't go away. So, you know, for example, when my brother walks, I mean, he can hardly stand up straight. He's, he's very wobbly. He does actually look like he, he's a drunk. And when he talks, his voice is very slurred. It's, um, it's very difficult to understand what he's saying anymore. Uh, he falls down a lot. Uh, so does my mom. My mom falls down. She falls down all the time. I mean, it's it. It's actually kind of stunning the way she does because you know she might just be standing there. The next thing you know, she's on the ground. She's falling down, and and it, you just don't know. You just don't know how the disease is going to hit a person. And I I think what's interesting about it is that you know a lot of times people with MS. Um, I mean, it's a good thing. You you want to stay positive. You really want to look at everything day to day and, and, you know, just take it one day at a time. But, you know, one thing I've learned, is, especially with um, having two people in my family have it, is that, you know, people just, it's one of those things where you just really can't understand it unless it's happening to you. And the reason why I believe that is my mother couldn't really understand my brother's MS because mm. she for many years was not as bad as he was. And so she always had a very positive outlook and, you know, yes, I can beat this and it's okay. And, you know, I'm just having a down day today. And well, not to mention that everybody already has a different personality anyways. There are, right. you know, right. yeah, exactly. And so she, she had a hard time. She would get very frustrated with him because he was, he didn't have the same outlook. Well, I, I found it very interesting when she finally, and it was really just last year that she was diagnosed with secondary progressive, the change in her whole demeanor was, was just, you know, night and day because suddenly she, she was there, she was in his, in his shoes, right? So she had this new understanding of what he was actually going through and, and as an outsider, for me to kind of see that transformation made me just realize that much more that it's 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 really just one of those diseases that is it's I, I find that it's really hard to empathize, you know, because- and you and you were you were an outsider, but you were also an insider, which is how this whole thing led to you making a film about it. Right. 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 Because this is you know, this is this is my life. This is happening all around me. Yeah. Every, you know, every time with my family, that's what it is. I mean, it's right there in your face. And, and, and I just found, you know, I, I just, I remember for- when you, when we were talking about it, because I, you know, you submitted your film and I watched it and 
um, like I watch all your guys's films. <laughs> um, and I remember watching it and I was thinking, did I wonder what made this person decide that they're, I mean, the phone is always there. It's with yeah. you. So, you know, and we were shooting photos. You were at a family event. Uh, you were in a vacation or something there. And yeah. you decided at some point something said, I'm just going to record it. How did that? And I remember you telling me that, but I'd like you to share that with our listeners, because I think this is something that happens more often than not. And it can, but it also has this really interesting, you know, there's a, there's a really interesting story that made you do this. Yeah. It, it actually had been several years that I had been watching my brother on these family vacations and it's really strange. I I get my phone out and I just sort of, I, as I keep saying, I, I kind of surreptitiously would record him because, you know, I didn't know how he felt about it, but it was just, it was just eating at me. I, I would just, I would almost just look at him and, and say, I, I just have to tell the story. I mean, this, we can't go through the rest of our lives without people understanding what his story is. And finally this year, I, we, when we went on the vacation, I was filming something completely different. I was filming my daughter and her cousin. I was like, oh, I'm going to put together this funny little film. And we were, you know, getting all the shots in. And my brother from time to time would come down and, and I just stop everything. And I just run over and I just film them. And the whole time I was filming them, I'd say, well, you know, I'm just getting some footage of you to show the, you know, to show the sake the craniosacral therapist and the, and the yoga instructor. Cause he came to visit me once and he saw both of them and they really helped him. I was like, I'm just going to show them how things are going. And I just kept doing it under the guise of that. And so for four days when we were all together, I, I just sort of pretended that that's, you know, that was all I was doing or, or we'd sit in when we were all sitting together, I just sort of pan the phone around and make it seem like I was really getting everybody, but I was really trying to sort of focus on him. And finally on the last night, I just, I, I knew I couldn't let the opportunity slip this time. And I, I just looked at him. I said, you know, I really want to do the story about you and, and please tell me yes. And it'll just be a small documentary. And I think it will be really great. And my brother who pretty much never talks to anyone anymore, looked at me and said, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I went, I, I was, I was shocked. You know, I, I had a good microphone with me and everything that I brought down because this is how much I it had been nagging me. So I had all the stuff with me just in case. Oh, well, sure. great. I happen to have a whole production uh, bag here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so I went into, you know, we went into a, a, a bedroom and, and I sat down and I, you know, hit record and, and he, it was this magical moment where for about 20 minutes, he just told his entire story of what this was and what it meant to him and what it meant to, you know, his family and his sons. And I was just so, I was just so amazed by it that after that happened, I grabbed my mom and brought her in a room and said, mom, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm going to put together this documentary and I, I just want you to tell me about, you know, tell me about Greg and, and she gave, you know, 
30 minutes of a testimonial and and my father did the same i mean it was this and it was this moment where they i think they never had before where they were able to completely open up and let it all out what this disease was or especially concerning my brother and and what it meant to them and um that's part it, of the power of documentaries where uh filmmakers go out to create a documentary and that's happened to me too where you're interviewing people you may not use them yeah. um but they're pouring their guts out and their heart out for that and they don't even realize how much they were feeling until they have that moment and it's almost like going you know, when you hear people in the movies where they go to the psychiatrist and they're like, I don't need a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whatever or a counselor. And they go there and next thing you know, they start talking and then next thing you know, they break down and they're like, oh, my God, I don't know where all right. that came from, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. And it, I think it really worked, too, because I at, at when I was when I was taking these testimonials, I I really wanted to record them. But I knew that if I did I wouldn't get the same story. So it was all just audio. So in the end I had, you know, over an hour's worth of audio. And then I went, Oh crap, I have almost no video (laughs) because (laughs) I was just, you know, barely taking anything. So, you know, I did a few um, sort of headshots of them. And when I, when I got back home, I went, I went, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And somehow I was able to whittle it down to, you know, five minutes and, and then there I was, I was left with whatever little video that I had and had to weave that full story together with the two. But I, I mean, I, I really, I obviously, whenever you do these types of things, you never, you never shoot enough footage, right? You mm-hmm. just never do. But I, I think I was able to bring it all together somehow. And um, I, th- I think a lot of times the opposite happens though, where you have oh, yeah. so much that, um, especially with interviews, you know, um, the interviews can get very, very long and you just, you have this time constraint because you're trying to match everything together and structure everything. And so, I mean, in, in my case, it's always been like, I have so much and then I don't use them at all, you know? Oh yeah. So, um, and also because especially, you know, when people are on camera, um, you want to have, you know, what we call in the industry B-roll. You want to have things that are, um, that are matching what they're saying. So they're not, they're not, the viewer is not just sitting there watching ahead with lips and eyes, just talking, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. Exactly. Which is why I think, which was why I think it was also good that I didn't, that I didn't video them while they were talking. I mean, I had to resort to other ways to, to tell that story. And I think that that's why the headshots of them work because it, I wasn't trying to match a voice and, and then I had to go out and find those, you know, create those other pieces that did tell that story that they were all like weaving together. Um, I think that's what made it more powerful than having just sat them all down and, you You know, put the phone on tripod Telling right. the story. That's yeah. what made your film, uh, you know, you had a good structure in your, because you were always concentrating on telling the story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that was the most important thing. And, and I think that, 
I think that even now I could, I could do it again because I've got, because that story is so strong. I could, I, I almost feel like you could do it five different ways and it'd still be equally powerful because the, the kernel of it was, is just strong enough that it almost in a way doesn't, didn't completely matter what I, you know, what armature I put on top of that, you know, that structure was just there. You know, when you were just talking about how you listen to people and whatever story they're sharing, you know, you create something big in their in their mind. I was actually thinking uh, while you were saying that I was creating something. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, that's kind of like the same concept of and if you think about it as an artist, like let's say listeners, you know, you're artists and you get this idea for or something you see something or something that inspires you to create a work of art let's say you've got this black canvas in front of you and there's a story there but you haven't really drawn it out and though mm-hmm. and the person who was sharing their story with you um is already drawing a picture and now you alexandra are actually filling in that picture with all the colors all the background and maybe some you know, maybe you're putting stars around them or connecting them to other things and adding texture to it. Right. Um, and I think there are a lot of people like this in the world where, and, and we do this without even thinking about it. I think everybody has a, a way of doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are other people who do it more and are more conscious of it. And hence the storyteller. Oh, uh, yeah. Because there are yeah. stories all around us. I go to, I go to a coffee shop. And I'll talk to a complete stranger, which I do very often, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the first thing um, that they do, I love connecting with people. And there's one thing that uh, that always, my way of starting a conversation with with someone, uh, you know, there there's a there's a thing where people go, "How do you even start a conversation with a complete stranger?" Well, just always remember people like talking about themselves. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. So if you ask them any question that relates to an answer where they get to share something about themselves, all of a sudden, that's it. You just open the door. <laughs> yep. yep, that's right. So, yeah. And depending on how much they're trusting you based on your response, and people can sometimes see it in you in the way that you're listening, that you care about their story that you are seeing a bigger picture, (laughs) you know, and um, they would like to help you paint that picture. They want to help you understand their story better. We're, we are all, uh, we're just, we're all evolving around stories. I mean, everything, everywhere. In in my world, it's all about stories, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and filming is just, the best way to to do that we were talking about that earlier um before we were recording about how important stories are and why that is the best medium to share something with people yeah i mean because it's part of everyone's it's part of everyday life I, i think there there are people out there that don't realize that half the conversations they're having that day are a story yeah. I mean, they they might not all be the best stories, you know, they're not Academy Award winning stories, but they're stories nevertheless. I mean, that's how that's how we communicate with one another. And that same story, depending on the storyteller and how they tell it, right? Yeah. Um, can be told 
in a complete, like, you can have two people with the same story, but one person is heard with way more uh, enth enthusiasm, right, than the person standing next to them with the same exact story. Exactly, you know? yeah. yeah. And, and that's part of it. And that's why I believe that, you know, I mean, let's talk about this for a second there. So you had your phone, right? Mm -hmm. And you decided at that time, I mean, you were trying to be sneaky. Yeah. And I'm sure listeners were listening to this and going, God, that's, that's kind of rude. That's kind of insulting. That's probably an invasion of privacy for this poor person. But then they got, I let you go because I, I knew where you were going to end up. But I could just yeah. imagine them thinking, are you telling me that she did this? And then the, the poor guy was just like, you know, it's like, no, you did have the respect for him to go up to him later and say, hey, would you mind? I, I got to yeah. share this with you. And that's part of the story. Absolutely. In fact, it's it's funny that you say that because my my husband knew that I was trying to do this and he was insulted. <laughs> he was offended. He said, I can't believe you're doing this. He's like, He's like, he clearly can't stand what you're doing. I went, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and I was like, it's just my brother. It's okay. And and that's why it it was so, I, I mean, it was such a relief in the end when he said, he actually even said to me, he's like, are you going to make me famous too? Aww. And and so the story behind that story is that I had done um, a promotional video for the St. Louis Aquarium here in St. Louis. And uh, my daughter, because I had to like, I mean, th that entire thing, you know, obviously I collaborated with people, but I mean, that was me. That was like, you know, my idea, I pitched it to the client. I told them with confidence, yes, of course I can do this. We can make this happen. And then, you know, I had to cast it and I had to like storyboard it and I had to, you know, direct it and, you know, and help with the shots and edit it and do the sound. And so when it came to casting, I was like, well, I was like, I've got my daughter and she loves doing this stuff with me. So, you know, I had one, you know, I found three kids and it ended up doing, I mean, I, it brought me to tears because I never thought it would do so well. It, you know, for my first, that was that kind of like my, my first launch out into the world, really, in in any way. And I think that it got over six hundred thousand views, and I was just, I was floored. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how this. I mean, this is this was a video about an aquarium, but I <laughs> I wove a story into it because I was yeah. like, people aren't going to care. Like, people aren't going to care until I give them a story. So I gave, you know, I made this whole story about these, you know, these three kids, and you know, it it had to do with this whole thing with uh, a, a historic building in St. Louis. But so that's why it really connected to all the locals because they know this place, they know the magic of the place, and I just sort of brought that out. And so then they're like, oh wow, you know. <laughs> fish, you know, I mean, it's just fish, but it, you know, it turned into this whole magical thing. And, and because of that, my brother, that's why my brother was like, Oh, you're going to make me famous too. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I will. Cause I think that would be, I think that'd be the greatest thing if I could make you famous too. And, and you no longer have to, you know, live with this on your own. I mean, and you don't have to pay him. Right. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like I don't have to pay her. I think I had to pay her somehow. Food, yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> like, like we all end up doing. It's like pizza and craft services and yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's 
that's awesome. But that, you know, it does have that, if you can say that, happy ending. And he's watched it, right? Oh, yeah. And what is yeah. what is what was his reaction when you first showed it? How did how did you even come up with that? Did you have like a family gathering? Okay, I'm going to show you now what. How did no? Because I don't live anywhere near them. Um, <laughs> That's right. They're they're my parents are in Virginia. My brother's in North Carolina. So um, I ended up making a private video on my Vimeo and with the password. And then I just sent it out to them and said, okay, here it is. You know, let me know what you think. And to tell you the truth, uh, I have no idea what my brother thinks of it because um, like I said, he generally doesn't talk to anybody about it. Right. Now I, I have spoken to him since it's, since it has been out and um, he's never said anything to the effect of, I can't believe you did this or anything like that. He just, he just simply doesn't talk about it. You know, we just mm -hmm. talk about other things when we talk. Um, I, I don't know if maybe it's just not in. Did he see any of the footage or anything before you made the video? No, he didn't. I just, uh, I just sent him the video completed. And I know that, I know that when my mom watched it, she told me that, you know, it brought her to tears and mm -hmm. she said, I'll never be able to watch it again. She's like, I, I can't watch it again. And, um, uh, my father, my father actually watches it several, he's watched it several times and continues to watch it. And he told me it brings him to tears every time. And he just, I think it's because it's, they're all seeing, it's one thing to tell a story. It's another thing to watch the story you've just told. Yeah. And I think the impact on them has, you know, is probably well, they're been, living it. Like, they're living yeah. it. So they're not, yeah. you know, unless you put it in that context, I don't think. And I think more people should do this because what happens is you're going through an event in your life and it's an event. It's not really constructed in a way where you can really get something out of it. And maybe your your dad is looking for something a message in the story. Yeah. And he, do, he doesn't realize it or something. I don't know, but I think that there, there's some truth to that. Um, when you, when you interview people like, you know, like I have before and they're crying and sobbing and you know that you're not going to use them, you know, in your video that they're, they're not going to, sometimes it's because of what they go into and it's like, Oh, it's off topic. I need to stay focused on what my story was or whatever. Right. And, uh, and sometimes it's because, well, I've already got 30 other interviews like this. Um, especially if they're victims of some sort, right. Right. And they're crying and they're very emotional, but there's a, it's, it's therapeutic for them, mm -hmm. you know, to do that. And they don't know it. I mean, it's one thing to sit in front of a psychologist, right? And it's another mm -hmm. thing to sit in front of a camera where you're set up, where people are like, let me make sure that you look okay. Let me make sure we hear you very well. Right. So we're really listening to you. We're really focused on you. We're really paying attention. You don't get that attention even from your the best well-paid, no offense to any psychiatrist out there, but <laughs> you're not going to get that. They're not going to put you in front of a light and say, want to make sure you look good. Want to make sure that I record you well. And this is, you know, when people say recording, that's a forever thing. You know, yeah. someone wants to keep that. Someone wants to use that someone, whatever. So at that moment, it's very therapeutic. 
And to see it put into a story can sometimes give people, even especially if it's their own story, part of their own story, it can give them an entire, we were talking about perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, you're behind yeah. the camera, you're getting your perspective, but the viewers are getting their own. And if you're really good behind the camera and when you're putting this together, you know exactly what the viewer is feeling. And mm-hmm. in your case, you played that really good because I, you know, it, it's a tearjerker for sure. Thank you. I know it seems weird to say thank you, but. Well, I mean, you yeah. affected, you know, you affected me with it. I'm, I'm a little mushy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I know that, um, that I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I know that that was something that affected, um, and that does and will at the film festival is it's, you guys, if you submit films to film festivals, you really should make the effort of going because there's nothing better than to sit there and watch how people react to your story. Yeah, I actually, I'm looking forward to that because to tell you the truth so far, everyone I've quote shown it to, I haven't been in the presence of. So it's only through emails, you know, or, or text messages that I've gotten their reaction. And, um, I mean, they've all reacted pretty much the same way. I mean, you know, it hit them all hard, very emotionally. And, and I think what made it feel successful to me is it wasn't just people that knew my family, you know, I made an effort to share it with some people that knew nothing about it and just said, here, I want to share this with you. And I want, I want your honest opinion of what you think about it. And, and their response was just like, whoa, you know, I, the way they would describe what they thought of, thought of that short was exactly what I was hoping people would get out of it. So when it was, especially when I was getting those completely outside points of view that I thought that I felt that I had actually succeeded in what I had hoped to do. And, uh, and it's just under five minutes, you guys. It's not like we're not talking about like, oh, it took an hour for people to get yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and and that's kind of part of what I'm saying, you know, when I because when, people some people don't like the fact that there's a time limit or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but I do my I really do want to bring the filmmakers together and show it at a film festival. And unfortunately the film festival can't be months long. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. I don't think anybody wants can come for months long. It's like it's a weekend film festival. And it's not just all just showing films. We have all this, it's a big, it's a festival. It's a big celebration of it. There's so much involved in it. And, um, to get your foot into the door and to actually share a good story I believe five minutes is a, is pretty good time. And I think you, to be honest with you, it's like, well, thank you, Alexandra, for proving that, you know, with yours. Yeah. Because you really, you bring people inside your story and and they actually feel something. And unfortunately, it's going to be proven <laughs> on <laughs> April 27th <laughs> when everybody sees it. Uh, and I'm sure you're going to get uh, because Alexandra, um, her film is part of this uh, community. It was chosen for that as a community stories program. We we like to sh- we like to if the opportunity is there 
to select one of the films from our film festival to be a part of this program every year. And, um, and I'm, and I'm glad that we had your film this year to select it, to do that. So, um, it's a real honor. I mean, really, thank you so much for it. Well, for, thank- you know, for sharing it. I mean, cause you didn't have to, I mean, really. Well, it, you didn't it- have to film it. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but you didn't have to share it. And the fact that you are, it really, it really does mean, it really does mean a lot. It really does. Well, I think it's very inspiring. Um, and again, the, the part that, that I really like is that I get to share this, this particular program through your story, this in this podcast, the story behind the story. And actually You know, you were talking before about how you see films, you know, make a movie about that type thing. It's kind of like the same thing I'm feeling about your story, where maybe there's somebody in the film festival that says, you know what? I want to do a story on you going through this whole process of filming your brother uh, to to make this film, you know, because there's a story there as well. You know, I'm sure it there? wasn't. It gets really deep, doesn't it? Yeah. Just, just layers and layers of I was stories behind just it. Just going to say the layers <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, exactly, though. There's there's so many layers you could just keep peeling, you know, uh, on this. And, and you know, your family, um, who's coming with you? Uh, my husband and my daughter. And you actually see both of them in the movie, in the yeah. short. So, so you're bringing your protagonist, not the protagonist, but you're bringing your your extras. <laughs> yeah, my extras. As my husband says, the star, because he's like, I'm the real star. Because somehow he's always in. Somehow he's always like right there in the shot. And I told him, I was like, it's not. It wasn't intentional. I was like, you just happened to be there every time, and I, said, I was limited on what I could use, and you know. I was like, sorry. And, and the thing that's really funny is he was always drinking a beer because <laughs> we're on vacation and, and, yeah. and trust me, he's not an alcoholic. It just happened to be that if the, you know, of the little footage that I got, he, he was, he always had a beer in his hand, but so he he's the beer guy. He's the, beer, he's the guy. beer guy. He's the happy <laughs> beer guy in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. And your, and your daughter is also, what is your daughter? Um, is your daughter inspired maybe to make films also with her phone or? Uh, she's actually more inspired to be in them. In fact, mm. I've used her several times uh, for narratives Yeah, and uh, she loves it and she just thrives. And, and the, after doing that, that aquarium project with her now, whenever I um, talk about working on new pieces, um, with a cinematographer friend of mine, she's always, she always just looks at me and she goes, well, she's like, you have me, you know, I can do this. I can do this, whatever you need me to do. So right now she's really more, she really likes being on the, on the side of the camera that I don't like being on. Yeah. I hear you there. (laughs) (laughs) What, um, we're, we're not going to be doing too much justice here. If I don't ask you these next questions but basically what did you did you use any apps or gear or anything like that you can mention or uh i was using uh moment lenses and uh i was using filmic pro um not solely because i think there were times that i was just using just using the regular camera 
on the iPhone. So I shot it on an iPhone six and, uh, I, I believe it or not, I didn't bring my gimbal. I probably should have, and I didn't even have a tripod. So, um, it, when so you're sitting it's all on, handheld. Huh? On a, yeah, and when you're sitting on a on a dock, that's kind of swaying. Ooh. So when people watch it and they might see a little bit of a sway, that's what's going on. Like everything's kind of swaying a little bit as we're doing it. But you know, my brother was swaying a ton, so I think the whole thing kind of worked. And um, so it wasn't the beer. It wasn't the beer. It wasn't the beer at all. <laughs> but, and then I, uh, I edited in, uh, premiere mm. and, uh, believe it or not, I, I did the sound. It was the first time I've ever done it, but I, I made the soundtrack on GarageBand. So I'm on my iPad, you know, on that little tiny keyboard. Cause I played piano for 15 years. And if I had a piano, it would have been one thing, but I'm trying to like, squeeze my fingers on this little tiny keyboard on my iPad to make the soundtrack for this. But I think it turned out, you know, I think it, it turned out pretty well and it worked the way I had wanted it to. So I was, I was kind of excited about that too. I'm looking forward to doing more soundtracks as well with, I think know. more people should, I mean, well, look, I'm not trying to put <laughs> people out of business or anything like that. Some people just may not have it. But right. um, but there's so much you can do with GarageBand. Um, I make a lot of the tunes that I use for for this podcast on GarageBand on my own, um, just because you know it's like it's time consuming to go out looking for things. You know, it is. Yeah, and you know it's it's a weekly podcast uh, for the most part. So it's kind of like, well, I mean, you know, let me just make my own stuff. I do it with a lot of my videos too now. And plus, I'll be honest with you. If I open up GarageBand, I go into the zone. And I don't think that I'm talented enough to say, oh, I'll, you know, I create music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's something that I do with that purpose of just, especially because I know a lot of times it kind of goes into the background, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. um, or it's for my own videos. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> enough but, to, but it's actually, it's, it's what we, we were saying before. It's, yeah. it's part of that invisible ink, right? It's right. part of what, it's part of really what brings that entire story to life. And, you know, when you can control what that sound is in the background, that's, that's where you can really amp up what that emotional response is that you're hoping for. Well, and you know, you had, so that's another thing, you know, I just, I just want to say to that, like, you don't want high pitched music in the background while you have a woman with a higher pitch voice, right? Because they compete with each other. Uh-huh. And you don't want a lot of deep voice, uh, deep bass music with lower tones when a, a guy with deeper tones, you know, and his voice is speaking either because mm -hmm. then it, it cancels out. So when you're creating music for your video and you know things like this, um, you're able to control that better. Yeah. Otherwise, you're looking for just the right thing and it could take forever. And then you realize I just needed something. Yeah. You know? And you know, and then, you know, I think I, it sounds like I do it sort of backwards from a lot of people, maybe not everyone. And I think part of it is, you know, from my background, so I was a professional dancer for 10 years and 
you know, when you choreograph, (laughs) when you choreograph, it's all about, well, at least for me, it always started with the music. And so a lot of times when I edit videos, I, I have to hear the, the music for, I have to hear what the sound is, what that vibe is, you know, that feeling before I can start stitching together the video and the audio. And I just, I don't know. I just, it, it's really strange. I, it, that that's always my starting point for some reason. I have to hear that sound in my head. And then from there, and I'm such a visual person, but in this case, it's not so much in this case, it, it's the, it's the sound first. And mm-hmm. then the, I can build the visuals on top of that. And, and, and when I add that layer, that that's what helps the whole thing sort of, well, it just sort of flows, you know, and, and I've tried it the other way where, you know, working with people and they're like, well, you know, cut the video first and I'll make the music for you. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll try. And, you know, then I, I feel like I'm kind of wedging things together a little bit. And so then what I had to do is I, I spend time like finding something that's sort of inspiring yeah. musically that I know I'm going to have to ditch. And and then I <laughs> I put the piece together to that. And yeah. then the sound person puts the sound on it and, and what makes it sometimes a little challenging for me is I'm like, well, you know, I got so used to that first piece that, you know, I really made everything work to that one. And now I'm like, oh, so I, my, my brain has to like sort of rearrange itself around what now the final cut of music is. And I sort well, of, you can bring, cause you said you used garage band. Um, yeah. And some of, you know, some people listening right now may not know this. Um, I sure sometimes I don't know what I've got in front of me or what something can do because, you know, I've only, there's only so many hours in a day. Right. <laughs> and they turn to, you know, those hours turn to days and then next thing you know, deadline. Um, <laughs> but basically you can bring and I've done videos both ways where I'll create the music and then I'll cut a video to it in the in the editor. But uh, there was one time that I wanted to create a montage, which is, you know, a series of clips for some of you who may not know uh, what that is, and then create that with music, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. There's no people talking or anything like that. And so um, in order to do that really well, you kind of want to, so you can cut it to the music. So if there's a heartbeat, you can, you know, cut the clip right there and go to the next one, you know, and things like that. But I was like, you know, I just saw something in GarageBand. I didn't realize that that was there. So I tinkered around with it. So, hey, I can bring a video into GarageBand. And I can totally compose the entire music, everything around the video, you know. And then it it can get really intricate because you're talking about the textures of sounds right that can you know um depending on what the images are yeah i need to do more of that because i can tell you it's definitely challenging when you're working premiere and garage band separately yeah and you know okay so you 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 save, you export where, how your sound is from GarageBand, you know, at this point. And then you put it into Premiere and you're like, oh, yeah, this is going great. Well, now I want to add a little bit more. Well, okay, so in the past, 
you know, I just go back to GarageBand and go, okay, let's see. It was around two minutes and 13 seconds. And, you know, then and you're so like, much math. It? Yeah. <laughs> so it, all this back and forth until it finally starts working together. And, and, and in the end, really, it should be, it should be, you know, I should just, I should just export the premiere into something just, uh, you know, a really small file, pull it back into GarageBand, get it right. And then, you know, just keep working back and forth in that, yeah. in that manner. But you can literally, so you can bring the video into GarageBand. You can actually cut the song to it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you guys, I'm just talking about little shorts. I'm not talking about these long, you know, if I was going to do that, I would still do it in sequences if I, if I could. Yeah. I mean, so there's ways to get creative with this. But um, then you can export the entire project as a movie file, you know, uh, with good quality and things like that. And instead of doing what you're suggesting, which is another way of doing it, where you cut it along with it and then you, 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 you know, you, you export the track as an audio track and, or an audio file, and then you bring it into Premiere. Yeah. And put it on as there it is, you know, for your thing. Um, so there's, there's more way than one to get what you want to get done, you know, and you can go as deep and as creative as you want to. But the thing is like, you first have to start with a reason for it and that's your story. And, yeah. um, with this particular situation in your case, your motivation was sharing the story of your brother and, helping people understand, but did you ever think there was something in it for him as well? Uh, or for your family? Maybe just, maybe just some recognition. And I don't mean recognition in terms of, you know, suddenly being famous. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah, you get, they get lost. Um, it's so easy for people to latch on to, you know, you name it, MS, cancer, whatever it is, Parkinson's, when it's some, when it's celebrity, when it's any type of personality or celebrity, you know, once they have it, whatever it is, then it seems somehow, you know, people are like, oh yeah, you know, because so-and-so has this, this is serious. Now I'm all about it. And I'm like, you know, there are millions of people out there mm -hmm. that have the exact same thing that get completely overlooked. I mean, no one would even look at you twice. And I mean, if anything, people would question you and say like, really, you know, I know someone else who has it so much worse or, you know, so-and-so famous person has it so much worse because I watched the, I watched the interview with them. And I'm like, I've you know, seen people who have broken bones and not really felt that much pain and others who have, you know, just gotten a paper cut and just died right in front of you. You know, yeah. not everyone feels the same way, but you know, that brings me to think about something whenever I meet somebody who has Parkinson's. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys just Google that. I am not as good as she is at explaining these things. <laughs> um, but, uh, they had, it's what Michael J. Fox has. Yeah. Um, if you know his story, you know, back to the future guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, basically usually they always say the same thing. So if you ever see me on, on a mad day and I'm moving weirder, I'm not drunk. 
they always say that and I feel bad when they say that I'm like why would I think you're drunk you know and you know because they have bad days and they have you know better days I don't Uh think anyone in that situation ever has a good good day but you know they have bad days and better days and um but I feel bad that they would have to point that out yeah you know yeah and and I think they're I think they're they're powerful stories and I think it's I think it's actually I think it's wonderful that they share the stories I just I their experiences with this but I really just hope that everybody out there understands that the normal guy is going through the exact same thing and you know for me there's just something about that I just I I just feel like it's so easy to just be unsympathetic or less sympathetic to the everyday person that's you know suffering through the same thing or or you know facing the challenge of the same thing because maybe you know maybe no one wants to say they're suffering through it but they're facing those challenges and uh, and, it, and it's that that's the reason why I did this that's what I that's what I hope for my mother and my brother is that is that people watch this and they understand you know everyone that has MS is going through this not just the famous people and and they're all dealing with that exact same struggle every day and it and it matters just as much even though millions of people don't follow them and you know or watch them on TV or movies so I, I guess maybe that's what I was I was sort of hoping for because I, I do feel like I do feel like in a way um, they're both forgotten and um, and I'm sure that there are lots of people out there um, that feel the same way I mean not all there are a lot there are a lot of people that have great support systems and and they might be listening to this saying that that girl's crazy I mean I I totally disagree with her but I mean I, I'm kind of thinking of those the people that I know I mean they're they're other people I know with other types of disabilities or or diseases that that kind of feel that same way that you know that's sort of just left out and overlooked and 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 I guess again that's why I feel really passionate about these types of stories I, I like to bring bring their voices to the forefront to say hey you know me too I mean it, it's happening yeah. to me too yeah and we're we're living in a time right now where there it's like it's really crazy um and ironic at the same time that we have access to so much when it comes to videos and stories and things like that and at the same at the same time we're so we can get so disconnected yeah uh but i believe that the stories like this can actually connect people and bring people more to maybe not together but at least to understand and sympathize you yeah. know, um, it's like, hey, guess what? We're all human beings, you know, doesn't matter, you know, what we look like one day or the other or, or you know, some people like ice cream, some people like pizza. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I'm not trying to simplify it to a point to where it's, you know, disrespectful or anything, but it's like, but underneath all that stuff, we're all people and we all you know, it's one thing I always say, we're all on the path, you -hmm. know, and at the end of that path is the same place we're all going to go. It's, it's the end, 
you know? Right. And so we might as well kind of have some respect for everybody else that's on this path and maybe even we don't have to hold hands, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, we may even get to chat with someone who happens to be walking alongside of us, you know, exactly. like have you ever been in a car stuck at a stoplight and then you look at the person next to you and they're singing or something and you give them a thumbs up and a smile and they're like, cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so why not? Right. Uh, <laughs> but, exactly. but yeah, it's a, it's a storytelling world. I think there's a lot of power to it and for people to pick up their phone and not just hit record, but I mean, well, yeah, do that, do that to start with, at least, you know what I'm yeah, saying? And, exactly. and go from there and learn from each thing that you do to tell better stories because yes, your story can make the world a better place and it can make a big difference for anybody you just don't know when you share that story that's you know it, it's one thing to create something but it's it's great when you share it yeah you know I don't think any filmmaker out there makes goes through all that to make a film and then doesn't share it you know right with other people oh I'd hope not I guess <laughs> there might be there might be a few people yeah I mean it's, it's not like painting or something where it's oh it's therapeutic you know but, yeah um, I have a question to ask you um we do this little game <laughs> in in our podcast it's it's the I call it the 20 second shout out okay um let's do this with you where um what is something that you feel that you could um because uh, you like all kinds of movies, but maybe I'll I'll tell you what. How about because obviously you like listening to stories a lot. So I just uh -huh. I I hate to put you on the spot, but maybe if you don't mind naming people who wouldn't mind being named, you can even just refer to them by first name. They would know who they are. Mm -hmm. um, the people who have told you stories in, throughout your life that had some sort of an impact on you. Uh, but I'll time my, this. Hold sure. On. My, my craniosacral therapist, Colleen okay, has on. endless amounts of stories because she's adopted 838 or she's fostered 838 kids and has Jesus. adopted four with miraculous stories of their own. Okay. My so let me, let me start. Um, Oh no, let me start the timer. And then right after you don't have to okay. repeat her. Now we're going to start this timer now and it's going to go really fast. Okay. It's just going to go really fast. Like 20 seconds probably already when you named her and explained who she was, <laughs> okay. was already gone. <laughs> All right. So I got it. <laughs> are you ready, set, and go? Uh, definitely my father. He has a million stories. Uh, my brother still has more stories. Uh, my husband has hilarious stories, endless stories. Um that I love. Uh, my grandfather had great stories. Both my grandfathers, India and the United States. Okay, time's up. All right. Um, what are the stories that your grandfather has told you? Which is one story, one quick little story that really made you into maybe who you are today as a storyteller? Well, my grandfather from the United States, he lived down the street from Dean Martin. Mm. 
and he used to tell me stories about how they grew up together and both of them sang and he used to sing songs to me and I used to sit there listening to him and think to myself, you're so much better than Dean Martin. I can't believe he became famous. And you know, there's just something, I know that seems like a silly story, but, and there's just, you know, something, something about just that little thing. It was the whole package of it. It was the whole package of him telling me that how he grew up with him, you know, because my grandfather was just a steel worker. Mm. You know, in Ohio, he and lived down the street from this famous guy, but had you know the same sort of sultry voice as this guy who became famous. And I just, you know, I just sort of love that whole thing about it. What a great message! What a great message! I mean, guys, if you're walking down the street and you're looking at somebody, maybe the landscaper, right? That's yeah. working at in front of the store or at apartment building or whatever right and who would have thought that maybe the landscaper has a story like that where they grew up with someone who was very famous who and it could have been him and maybe he decided no that's not for me I love doing my landscaping be outside in the sun every day right yeah yeah how awesome is that that so that's a that's a great, I didn't think you were going to have that great of a story to tell to be a one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was totally taking a risk there on putting you on the spot, but what a she great. Put me on the spot. As yeah. soon as you asked me, I went, all the stories kind of went out of my head and I was like, there's got to be one. Well, you know, I mean, this was like a movie. <laughs> it's like, phew, she told a really good one and it totally fit. Sent a great message for our, for our sign off. Um, there's a picture of you that we're going to share with John Goodman. Just tell me really quick, tell everybody really quick what that's about. Uh, he was the voiceover for the St. Louis Aquarium and a uh, humble, fantastic guy that really wanted to tell the story the way I wanted it told and completely worked with me for an hour. I mean, really listened to how I wanted everything enunciated and was just he was just super it was so much fun and he even in the end apologized because he didn't think his voice was the the best it could be at that time and I, I was just I was just so honored so he was human huh he was completely human yes that's awesome yes. a yeah. lot of people miss that a lot of people think like you know oh a celebrity a celebrity you have to you know put them up on the altar and they want to be like that. You have to bring them into a room with a million people or otherwise, and you'd be surprised how much they, how human they are. Yeah. And they appreciate the complete opposite sometimes. Yeah. It, it was, it was quite a surprise because, you know, you run into everyday people that are just the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, <laughs> you assume that, oh, well, this is going to be a thousand times, you know, what they, they are and is bad and, and. And no, not at all. I mean, he really valued everything I had to say and, and was looking for. So it was a fantastic experience. Awesome. Well, that was a great, great episode. I hope everyone out there got a lot out of it. Um, How can they just really quick, we're going to, we're going to share with people, uh, you know, how they can follow you, but, um, and also we'll, share the trailer to your film. Yeah. It really should come to the film festival. How 
it doesn't matter if you're in Taiwan or something. I mean, just come to San Diego. <laughs> it's America's finest city. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and and meet you as well. And um, and everybody else that's going to be there. Um, it's going to be amazing. But still, they can at least watch your trailer and they can yes. follow you. Um, they can them- follow me at One Mouse Creative. I mean, that's generally what I go under. And they can follow me on Twitter. On Instagram, Instagram is usually just inspirational photographs that I try to to do on a daily basis. It's your thing. You be you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I have Facebook, One Mouse Creative on yeah. Facebook that people can follow as well. Where did that come from, by the way, really quick? One Mouse Creative? Yeah. What? Uh, the fact that it just takes one mouse to help you do so, several things because the type of work I do... Um, I've had to wear several hats. And so I, I, as a freelancer, I can, I can fill a lot of different shoes. And so I try to sell myself as one mouse. It just takes one mouse, one little computer mouse to do a mighty task. Oh, okay. I'm thinking about a little furry (laughs) mouse. I'm going, there's, there's gotta be a way I can figure this out. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a little, it's the, yeah, I, I use a mouse. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, say goodbye to everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Susan.